Welcome back to The Daily Drum on WHUR, Sirius XM, Channel 141, 96.3 HD2, and 98.3 FM. This is the Inside Segment. I'm Harold Fisher. Straight from the headlines today, 42 attorneys general suing Meta, the parent company of Facebook and Instagram. They claim the social media platforms are contributing to a mental health crisis for young people. Just like cigarettes created a massive public health challenge and there was an epidemic of addiction uh, to cigarettes, that same type of public health challenge is posed by Meta and by social media platforms that are uh, addicting young people to their screens. That's D.C. Attorney General Brian Schwalb making comments today. Earlier this month, Prince George's County Executive Angela Alsobrooks and County State's Attorney Aisha Braveboy heard from young people about the impact of social media. The isolation they describe, the anxiety, the depression, the fact that the pandemic caused many of them to feel that they're growing up too quickly because of the incessant connection to social media. One of the things they said is that you can kind of develop your own persona on social media and that's why guns become um, so important for these young people who want to act like tough guys or girls and so having that gun being on social media with those weapons you know gives off a persona that they want to um, you know show the world. Tonight we take a deeper dive focusing on what effect social media has on our girls and how you can protect them. My guests are Beverly Smith, founder and executive director of Mama's Safe Haven, a nonprofit serving youth and families in D.C., and Latasha Blackman, author of the book, Be You, No Filter, How to Love Yourself and Stay Social Media Strong. Also, Cadence Johnson. She's a 15-year-old sophomore at Archbishop Carroll High School here in D.C. If you have a comment, if you have a question, if you, if you have some thoughts that you want to share about this really important topic, give us, give us a call. Lines are open at 202-319-7810. 202-319-7810. Yes, on social media, you can X me <laughs> at HFisherWHUR, or you can find me on Instagram at Harold T. Fisher. Ladies, thank you all for joining this conversation. It's really important that you, you came in. Yes, thank you for having us. Sure. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to start with you, Cadence. Yes. How important is social media to you? Um, to me personally, I don't use social media that much, at least like the mainstream ones like um, Instagram and, you know, uh, Snapchat and stuff. I don't use those. I mostly act as like a viewer and observer, but I do see the impact that it has on like my peers and the people online. It's really like really jarring to see. Why why do you say it's jarring? Because just the disconnect. Like as a person watching from the outside and I see these people online and at school. So I see the disconnect between who they are online and who they are in person. Like, um, like what previously said, um, they develop a persona online and they act a certain way when like nobody's watching them, when they don't have to face people in person. But then like actually in person, they act this different way. Mm -hmm. So it's 
it kind of gives them an opportunity to get away with stuff without consequences. Mm. A lot of drama happens online that when translated into IRL ends up being an entire disaster over something that wasn't really a big deal. What do you think about that, uh, Latasha? That seems to be a common theme. Caton's just said it, uh, as she said, we heard from Prince George's County State's Attorney Aisha Brave Boy making those same uh, statements and those were not her statements. Those were the statements that she made after meeting for several hours with high school students from all over Prince George's County earlier this month. Latasha, can you hear me? Latasha, can you hear me? We're going to get her, her, her line cleaned up. Beverly, what do you think about what she was uh, just sharing? I think that, you know, when it comes down to the youth um, and their persona, um, it's really important for self-love. So that is uh, something that I agree with, that I see a lot working with youth, that the girls get an opportunity um, to live in a fantasy world. And it, it tends to come off where they are... Um, getting into different issues with their friends because they know who they really are. So at Mama Safe Haven, we do a lot of conflict resolution, self-love workshops. We do a lot of teen dating violence workshops and just really encouraging the youth to go within and love themselves um, and get that uh, really that acceptance from themselves. You know. But how do you do that when children these days, particularly girls, mm -hmm. Uh, are younger and younger mm -hmm. are getting access to cell phones and by extension social media i remember when when my daughter was was very young and there was a big conversation between her mother and me about what age should she have a cell phone for safety reasons so mm -hmm. that when she's at an event at school that she can contact either one of us but now the safety issue isn't about being able to stay in contact with the parents mm -hmm. it the safety issue is what is inside the phone yeah and I think, you know, and that's a good question because I think that is our biggest task right now, working with our girls, is to get inside their head because that's what social media has done. You know, it's that mindset. So it's really one of those things of having those social groups so we can have a community on social media for them to be able to um, express themselves and, and be able to uh, post things in a safe, on a safe platform. Um, so there are many different ways as it relates to groups because we really believe um, just like all of us, we really want to just be loved and be a part of something. And it's that acceptance piece. So really tapping into that, giving them that self-assurance that they, um, you know, don't have to look outside for acceptance. Um, but again, like you said, the topic is very important for us to discuss it tonight. Um, but we are, you know, really making some good ground. Mm. L Latasha, your thoughts about the impact of social media specifically on girls, specifically on black girls, why do you suppose that it may be different when compared to boys or 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 other girls outside of our community? Well, can you hear me? Thank you. Absolutely. Go right ahead. Yeah. So it's this in the community because we have, especially as black women, black young women, there's a lot of attention towards us 
as far as like we may look older, right? We may we have challenges when we're younger. So it gives the impression that we are older than we are. It gives the impression that we are more advanced than we are. So what happens is when we're looking outside, we're looking at culture, we're looking at rap videos, we're looking at all these different things, our young girls are trying to emulate that. Mm-hmm. And if we don't have parents in a stopgap to kind of let them know what's real and what's fake, they can definitely digest this and it can come out in very dangerous ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Cadence, you know, from your perspective, you said you don't use social media a lot, but your so many of your peers do. Why don't you? Um, I don't use social media. It was actually my parents uh-huh. um, those folks <laughs> yeah um, my first phone was an emergency phone no no apps no nothing I could play like what's, what's that little snake game I could play that, uh, the, <laughs> that wait a minute the, the little the little snake the centipede, game, or? centipede or something yeah boy okay. now we're really telling our age but please go right ahead <laughs> I could play that but I could but the main thing was that it was for uh, I could text and call my parents it mm-hmm. was strictly for to call somebody or to uh, let my parents know that I was safe. Then my second phone was one of my mom's old phones and that one it was old and didn't have a lot of storage so I couldn't do much on it without breaking it. And you know my first introduction to social media was on Snapchat at summer camp and that's probably when I realized that the friend that you make online don't translate into real life. And I was confused. I was like if I have so many friends online then where are my friends at real life? So I just kind of dropped the whole thing and was like, you know what, this is not worth it, not worth my time or energy. That's really interesting where you you have virtual friends, which some could call fake friends, and then you have real friends, those that you know face-to-face in school, at summer camp, perhaps at church or other uh, social social settings. And, and I think, Beverly, she really hit it on the head, but in your experience in dealing with with girls within your organization or the ones that come to you for support, what is it that they're telling you? What are you hearing from them that may surprise you? You know, speaking of surprises, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the youth, um, you know, really speak from a place of, and I hate to say this, but the kind of I don't care. Um, the ones that are that are on social media, that are heavy on social media, that's into the um, the nuances of uh, you know you have all of the BBLs and you have the the wigs, what the BBLs. What is BBLs? So it is a Brazilian butt lift. Butt oh right, plastic oh. surgery. Plastic oh, th- surgery. Thank you so thank much. You, thank you. Okay, so go right ahead. So so I- image related image things. related right. situations with our girls. So a lot of them. Well, I don't say a lot of them. We do have those girls who fall into that in that category of wanting to fit in and a lot of them are looking at um, going into different uh, we try to translate that into them going into different um, fields of uh, employment maybe do hair Mm -hmm. maybe get into lashes you know see how we can turn that into something positive you know maybe into acting if you like to take pictures Um, and and, and a lot of them receive that very well Um, but it's really one of those things of I'm young I'm having fun you know I'm not doing anything wrong you know it's really the new thing to do so they're looking at it as it's just something fun is you know I'm not really meeting up with anybody it's an escape 
Um, Because a lot of our girls are dealing with a lot of issues at home. They have a lot of different um, peer pressures just walking, coming home from school. So just like what Caden said, social media gives them um, an outlet, you know, an escape to be someone else, even if it is just in their bathroom and they're making up. So that's the main reason why we try to create environments for them to know that who you are on the inside is really important and for you to cultivate that. 202-319-7810, 202-319-7810. Tonight we are focusing on what effect social media has on our girls and what you can do to protect them. If you have a comment or a question, give us a call. Lines are open again at 202-319-7810. Kathleen, calling from D.C. Thanks for calling. What's on your mind? Is it Kathleen? Or is it Kathleen? Kathleen. Thank you. Turn your radio down. Go right ahead, please. My radio down. I just wanted to comment, um, particularly for for young African American women, that it's important to be really careful about the image that you portray online, and not just for women, but for young um, boys as as well, young men as well, because it will carry with you throughout life. Whether you're trying to go to college, whether you're entering the world of work, it's important that you portray the image how you want people to look at you. And I've seen careers damaged because of improper use of social Mm -hmm. media. Social media can have benefits in terms of elevating your profile and telling a story about who you are and your commitment to service or to sports or whatever have you. But when used incorrectly, it can be damaging to your image. And in a world where on social media, girls are over-sexualized. It's just, they need to be careful about the images that they say online because there are a lot of predators and people who are watching, observing, and, and taking notes. And so you can be an individual without having to be very over-sexualized online. You can portray a positive image without having to fall into peer pressure. And I just want to say that people need to be careful because it does follow you. Not to say that people can't change, but you want to portray an image that's positive, that is represents who you are, that's more than your physical appearance online, that speaks to your intellect and what you can do. Thank you. Yeah. Kathleen, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate uh, your comments. 202-319-7810. 202-319-7810. We are talking about the impact that social media has on our girls. This uh, topic, very timely in that uh, just today, 42 attorneys general Suing Meta, the parent company of Instagram and Facebook, claiming that social media platforms are contributing to a mental health crisis for young people. We need to take a break with Cherie calling from Waldorf. We're going to be talking to you next. And don't forget, you can hear every edition of the Daily Drum Insight segment via podcast on WHUR.com. Or you can download the 96.3 HD2 app on your smartphone 
and hear the program live in its entirety. If you're on the phone, stay with us. 202-319-7810. 202-319-7810. The Daily Drum will continue on Sirius XM Channel 141, 96.3 HD2. I'm Harold Fisher. John Mons is next with the original Quiet Storm. We'll be back in just a few seconds. Welcome back to The Daily Drum on Sirius XM Channel 141. I'm Harold Fisher. We continue our conversation about what effect social media has on our girls and how you can protect them. My guests are Beverly Smith, founder and executive director of Mama Safe Haven, a nonprofit serving youth and families in D.C. Latasha Blackman, author of the book, Be You, No Filter, How to Love Yourself and Stay Social Media Strong, and Cadence Johnson, a 15-year-old sophomore at Archbishop Carroll High School right here in D.C. Lines are open at 202-319-7810, 202-319-7810. Latasha, how do you know if a young girl is being negatively impacted by what she is seeing on social media so you'll see a lot of different signs, right? So you'll notice that she may be withdrawn. She may um, also kind of act out to other people. She may also be nasty, not having compassion, kindness to people. And so as parents, you want to make sure that you monitor what they're posting, what they're sharing, right? Kind of have a dialogue, open up a dialogue with them, right? Giving them hypotheticals. Like, what would you do in this situation, right? Also, as parents, we're all on social media, even as parents. So you want to model your own social media behavior, right? Because just as those they're seeing negative comments and they're being affected, parents, we're seeing the same thing as well. So you want to kind of talk about those negative, you know, comments with your kids. And also, too, it's important, like, don't present a perfect image, right? I think that's what happens is, like, kids may see a, a perfect image and they try to compare themselves. They try to do this social comparison. And that in itself can be a very, very dangerous place. So even as parents, you want to model your social media behavior, have this dialogue, talk to them, finding a compromise with your kids. But I've got to give you some pushback, though. Um, Nasty teenagers have been around long before there (laughs) there was social media. So there's got to be something very specific that you can attribute to social media uh and, and cadence go ahead you you had some thoughts about that um i think it's the i think it's not only the way the way that um the the stuff the content that's being posted but the way that the algorithms of the companies themselves interpret and share the data throughout the site so the the reason that um the content is so image and beauty and you know uh no, lowering self-esteem based is because that's what sells basically that's what gets the most likes that's what gets the most hearts that's what get the most shares that what garners the most attention that's what gets the most you know feedback and the algorithms circulate that because they know it'll earn them profits and then they can make connections with these people later on like uh, they'll take down things that are like actually talking about the good stuff or like news that's happening in recent in recent times and they'll circulate like stuff like that in order to garner more attention on the site. Mm-hmm. Well, I, yeah, I, I, Cadence I, is definitely um, 
absolutely right. Because when you go to the Explore page, you you know, we always wonder, like, how did you, you could be talking about a new phone and it'll just pop up in your Explore page. So she is absolutely right. The algorithm, the way AI is now circulated is just that even in your Explore page, even if you try to curate to Facebook or Instagram or TikTok, even if you click on certain things or a friend of yours clicked on something and you follow them, the algorithm will put that in front of you as well. So that, that really affects us as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it when it comes to cadence, I know who will be working for Meta after college. <laughs> She's definitely going to have to turn that aircraft carrier around. It'll be it'll be a slow one, but uh, yeah. So cadence, I'll be looking for a job from you in a few years just to supplement my retirement. I know that's right. Yeah. Um. But but same thing, Beverly. Yeah. How mm-hmm. do you know? whether or not the young ladies that you are interacting with Mm -hmm. are negatively impacted by what they're seeing specifically on social media? What is there kind of an aha that you may hear in Mm -hmm. talking to them that, or that's something that makes you raise an eyebrow? You know, when we, you know, when I hear, you know, being negative, negatively impacted by uh, social media, it plays out in their behavior as far as who they're connecting with. Explain so, that. Um, you know, youth typically what nowadays they do go to school in different areas but for the most part they have a a path of youth that they speak to and they come home but when you see them start interacting with youth that's outside of their normal um crowd that they work that they normally be with when they started using uh, lingo or start um you know i heard someone say when they start acting a little older than who you know they're mm-hmm. 13 14 but you know they starting to act as if they're 17 or 18 out of pocket out of pocket you know and even saying that they're older so a lot of it is shown out in you know their behaviors of how they're interacting with you um with with myself um it it comes out a lot when they are speaking of themselves because a lot of them we spoke about self-love and making sure that they know who they are outside of social media like Kaden spoke about with them being a different person but being in reality like do you know you're not that person so when you see someone who's living in you know um a fake world you know basically not being in reality that is a red flag that is a red flag when they're not realizing you know they want money for nails they want money for this and it's like you don't you know you're only 14 years old you know, you don't need a wig. You know, you don't need these things. Take your time. Mm-hmm. So those are some of the things that really um, play out. That kind of is a red flag um, for us. 202-319-7810. 202-319-7810. Cherie, calling from Waldorf. Thanks for calling, Cherie. What's on your mind? Hi, thank you sure. for uh, letting me uh, speak today. I wanted to just go back to, like, the young lady that's on said is going back to what parents allow their children to mm-hmm. to do um you set those those patterns with them from the beginning and give them boundaries and as an adult i have to check myself with social media a lot so if you think if you, if you have to do that as an, as an adult you have to uh maybe even put some things in they have a phone don't put put their um parameters like a parental control on their phone just like we can control how much tv they watch or how much this it's it, 
it's something that I think parents need to be more involved in. Thank you so much, Cherie. I I appreciate that. Uh, 202-319-7810. 202-319-7810. Kia, calling from Maryland. Thanks for calling, Kia. What's on your mind? Hi. I just want to say that I most definitely feel that these teenage girls are being negatively, negatively impacted with social media being as though, you know, as soon as they wake up first thing in the morning before brushing their teeth, before eating, you know, they're just making their priority to get on their phone. And, you know, it's just like a distraction, you know, it perhaps can, you know, play a part on, you know, if they got the phone glued to their face, like their eyesight, and of course, mood things provoke a lot of anxiety, you know, by comparing and contrasting, or, you know, getting overstimulated on the, on those phones. And I think it's a big um, privacy um, invasion as well, you know, with them exposing their life and every detail and, you know, where they're located and who they're with, you know, it could definitely, um, you know, cause a lot of drama, you know, between, you know, finding things out or having peer pressure to maybe get a eating disorder because now you have a body image that you're trying to maintain and sometimes I feel like it's like they may not even want to have a social media but because all their friends are doing it now they're obligated to keep their stories updated 24-7 and you know it's just causing a lot of moodiness and social isolation so for me I um, used to be on social media heavily but you know as I've seen that my productivity was you know and, you know, decreasing, I decided not to be on it. But um, I do have a teenage daughter that I'm still, you know, trying to struggle with, you know, reducing her downtime when it comes to the um, phone because she has, uh, you know, kind of been on her phone and she's not, like, drawing like she used to, reading, um, being creative, you know, it's kind of like, cutting her creativity for it. Let me ask you, how old is your daughter? 15. She's 15. So, why is it a struggle? Um, Because she's very private and territorial over her phone. So, for me, it's like she makes it seem like, you know, you have to stay your boundary, mom. Your boundary is you cannot have access to my phone because this is my privacy and this is, you know, what I, what she feels is like a boundary being crossed. She's like, you should trust me. I'm doing the right thing. There's nothing, you know, um, you know, that you need to worry about, you know, just me and my friends on your chat. And I just don't want you to, you know, but it's like a part of me is like, you know, if I do try to, you know, go on her respect and try to pry her phone just to make sure, you know, all the T's are crossed. It's going to kind of build some tension and, you know, maybe her thinking I'm not respecting her. Mm. And, well, um, I, you know. I, I would say one, one other question for you. So who, who pays for the phone? <laughs> oh, it's funny because it's kind of like, because right now, you know, I'm in between jobs and so sometimes I pay. 
sometimes my mom will pay, you know, sometimes she'll earn tour money. So it's not specifically me. Yeah, but, but I guess I asked because your daughter is not paying for the phone. She might sometimes when she got her tour money. Oh, well, that that that's a, that's another show. Go ahead, Beverly. You have a lot to say about this situation because I, I would imagine it's not just Kia. It's it's not uncommon. Yeah, it's, it's not. Um, thank you, Kia. You know, one of the things, um, I'm a mom of four. I have four, three girls and one boy. They are adults. Um, but one of the things that I am excited about is Mama Safe Haven's parenting classes as it relates to us, you know, knowing that our children need us to um, to, to to hover over them. They need. They don't know that they need it right now. To parent. To parent them. Yes, thank you. Um, and one of the things I really feel is that it's important for us to be in their phones. And especially if she's saying, trust me. So if you are someone that I can trust, then it shouldn't be a problem with me looking in your phone and really creating those uh, clear boundaries of your role and her role as, as a child and mom to know that um, you walk that walk and you know that it's important for her to, you know, reach up to these boundaries that you're setting for her and, and don't waver on that. That is really what I want to say to any mom out there who have youth, who have their mind made up of their privacy or their phones. I think that it's very important for us to um, really shatter that and for them to understand that it's for their safety. And if it's, if it's nothing for us to worry about, then as a mom, um, we should have access to that until she becomes an adult, at least yeah. uh, 18. Uh, go go right ahead. Um, I, I think that you're right. I think you're completely valid in your statement, but I also do believe that um, the way that you go about it makes a whole lot of difference. Like you don't mm -hmm. want to be nagging, like, give me the phone, give me the phone. You don't need it. You don't pay for it. That's not the way to talk to a teenager. They're going to close off. They're not going to talk to you. They're just going to flat out ignore you until you give the phone back. Um, what you need to, what I would recommend is to sit down and have an actual, like, conversation between them, not between parent and child, but as two individuals. Like, about. <laughs> you have to pardon me. Oh, yeah, so you have to pardon right. me. Hold on. And, you, have, and you, have, <laughs> you have to pardon me for laughing because, as the, you know, as, as the father of a now 25 year old, um, and, 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 for, and forgive me for being old school, Kia and ladies at the table and Latasha, but just I, I am just one who believes that, you know, and and not and not every not every fifteen year old is as evolved as our wonderful cadence here. Okay, I would imagine that you do listen to your parents. Yes, exactly. Not every fifteen-year-old or fourteen-year-old will, and so I, as long I would say, as long as you are paying for the phone and you are staying in the phone, you should also stay in that tail. Okay. But I, <laughs> so. but I think, um, I think, Cadence, and you make a good point, right? Because you have to understand, as parents, you got to recognize that brain are susceptible to specific features on social media, right? Adolescents, their 16 year old prefrontal, you know, the prefrontal cortex hasn't fully developed. But Cadence is right. If you try to go in there with a heavy hand, you, these kids are savvy and they know way more than us. Okay, so they're going to change clothes, they're going to get dupe uh, account, and they're going to do all kinds of things that you have no clue, right? Um, they'll right. have a social media account where they're just following zero. See, like, oh, they're perfect. Or give her so, a flip phone. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> 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 they're gonna do something, right? So, yeah, but what you're right. gonna do is 
Yeah, these kids are savvy. Like, they will run circles around because they grew up with this, right? So the adage we came with is, so it's a little bit of both, right? Like, but do as I say, not as I do, that may not work well with the new improved versions that we have now, right? So it's a matter of just trying to find, like, what that compromise is, what that boundary is. And so like you said, yeah, I am your mother. I am not your friend. Exactly. Right? Like, that's first and foremost. I am not your friend. I am your mother. And just trying to figure out, like, is it digital detox time, right? Are we going to take the phone away for, you know, like a certain time does it, we get off the phone, right? But I think you should have your kids password. I, I would not suggest And it definitely, you, I feel as though it definitely comes with withdrawal, you know? Yeah. It definitely comes with withdrawal because I have the daughter, she's on the social media, then I had the son that was gaming, had that. So, and it came with withdrawal. As soon as I put those boundaries down and, you know, try to take the phone away at a certain night or unplug the Wi-Fi or what have you, it came with a lot of aggression, you know. Sometimes, you know, you have some kids that, you know, kind of don't do the power struggle thing. Then you have some that's more stubborn, more, you know, demanding. So it does come with withdrawals, you know, and it does come with sometimes aggression because... Being Go ahead. Isolated with the phone constantly and becoming sleep deprived, and right. so I've been through a lot when it comes to those kind of. So let me, so let me, you know, say this, and 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 in Cadence's case, um, she's she really, her parents obviously set a foundation for her early. Okay, as she said, which so I would imagine, Cadence, that your parents aren't struggling with you and your phone. <laughs> Not as much anymore. No. And, exactly. And so somebody said something, one of the parents or did something where if your mother or your father or, you know, came in and said, Cadence, let me see your phone. What would you do? Give it to them. I mean, and, and that, that, I have other. As long as I'm not, I'm not doing like homework or something. Right, it, but it, I mean, they just want to, you know, what you doing? Give me your phone. You give it to them. Why? Because, because obviously your parents are excellent parents. They set, they set a firm foundation. Uh, you know, no foolishness, no chaos, which is probably why you are here on this program today. That's really the thing, but it's the. It's where the foundation is in the child's development. It's okay to have the parent-child mentality, and of course you want to keep that. You're the parent, they're the child, obviously. But it's okay to keep that as the only foundation until they reach teenagerhood, because they're literally developing into an adult. Like, you can't ignore that. So because, like, you're the adult they interact with, you have to set the example for the future adults they interact with and how to act as an individual with another individual so if you teach them how to communicate and talk to one another on an individual level they will learn how to do that with others and that will allow them to break out of the social media like space and into real conversations with other people Mm. yeah kia thank you so much for sharing with us uh you know certainly hang, hang in there uh, I, I'm sure it's it's going to get better. Uh, p- parenting, uh, th- there's no book. 
I would like to invite her out to um, this Saturday. We are hosting our sixth annual You Go Girl Female Transformational Conference. So I would love for you and your daughter to come out. We're going to be at the uh, Bus Boys and Poets. Which one? Anacostia. Okay. Yep. 2004 um, Martin Luther King Avenue. We'll be there from 11 to 3. And that's this Saturday. And it's this Saturday. It's a free event. Um, and we'll be talking about social media, the importance of um, safety and resilience. How do we bounce back, Mom? So we got you. We got you, Kia. Come through this Saturday. Kia, again, thank you. Real quick, Kia, because I, I've got to move on. Uh, Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say also one thing that I'm trying to do as well as another approach is try to keep her active and have, like, family mm-hmm. game night. And you know, try to lead by example and not be on my phone and give her exactly. more. There you time. go. Definitely you have other activities. Yeah. Yeah. Kia, thank you so much. Good good luck to you. Mm-hmm. Uh 202 319 7810. 202 319 7810. So Latasha, I was gonna ask you this you know, earlier, but uh, you know, Cadence took over the show. So uh <laughs> <laughs> And, and and that's why she's going to work for Meta. That, exactly. <laughs> no, Meta could be working for her. Um, talk to me uh, briefly about about your book and what was the genesis of of this project. So I have a sixteen year old daughter. Not on social media. Um, and but what I did notice, I have a lot of nieces and nephews, and what I did notice is like the increase of social media. What it is, and even just me on social media myself that just seeing like the images of women, um, this crazy combative like war between sexes. And so that was kind of the genesis as to why I wrote the book, right? It was just kind of like a guide to young women, to my nieces and nephews, like, listen, you're going to be on this platform, but here's certain ways you can navigate it, right? So whether it's setting boundaries, whether it's, you know, how to identify uh, comparison, um, how to make sure that you pick yourself, setting boundaries, all that. So that was the genesis and the emphasis of writing the book. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you learn about those nieces and nephews, your 16-year-old yourself, after you published? Well, what I learned, and, and I have this dialogue with my, my daughter and her friends all the time, is like they always like parents blow things out of proportion. You know, I think what I've learned from a lot of kids is like, listen, we, we, we're going to be on social media, right? We're not going to hide it from you. But it's not the boogeyman, right? I think what, they, what I've learned is like kids are resilient. They're much smarter than what we give them credit for. They are aware of what's going on. And I think what I've learned is like giving kids some room, young adults room for them to, to make decisions for themselves. Yeah. So I think that was that was that was a really important thing because I think sometimes as a parent you're like, hey, I want to protect you in all these different things, and they're like, I know, I'm paying attention, I know what's happened. It's not the boogeyman. I, I'm not talking to crazy people, and a lot of times it is talking, you know, having conversations with their friends. So it's just really having that dialogue. That's what I really realized. Like talking to them is having a dialogue with your parents, keeping an open dialogue of what's going on. At what age would you recommend? that new parents begin 
planning to give their child a smartphone. Mm-hmm. Not a cell phone, not, not a flip phone, where they, as Cadence was saying, that you can only call them or text them. But I'm talking about the, you know, the whole shebang, the whole, you know, iPhone 15 Pro Max deal. Nobody's that's a two thousand dollar phone. <laughs> yes, I know. But, <laughs> you can say an iPhone thirteen and we'll work our way out. But I think the beginning of high school. But I think Katie's made something uh she made a really good point as far as like having that foundation. Like you wanna make sure that your kid is already you know, have a good foundation of self esteem and self awareness because if you don't have that, if they don't have that basic foundation and you just unleash them into the wild that's when all the problems come in. So I think high school is a really good age where you can just kind of, you know, you can let them, you know, you know, have a phone because most kids in high school are going to have a phone. But you have to understand there's still like cyberbullying. There's still all these things that's happening. Twitter is a very wild place. So you have to understand that um, there's still a lot of stuff that's happening. But like you said, you have to have that foundation where they understand they have self-esteem. They have self-awareness they understand that a lot of this is smoke and mirrors it's a highlight reel but i think high school is a good age yeah and and as it relates to having access and your child saying well you, you know trust me you know there, there's the old cold war saying far be it for me to to quote ronald reagan but i think in this case it's appropriate trust but verify mm. yeah and, yeah, yeah that, w- without a doubt. Yeah, 15-year-olds shouldn't tell you, like, trust me, I'm going to do the right thing. They don't no. know what the right thing right. is, right? So yeah. they, they don't know. They're looking for guidance. As much as they act like they don't need it, but they're looking for guidance and structure. So you can't just say, okay, I'm just going to trust you. Yeah. No, you got to be a parent. I need all the, um, I need the passcode. I need, you know, and it's not that you're going in there trying to be the Gestapo. You just want to know what's happening. Um, the Surgeon General even came out today, like a couple of days ago, it was just like, this is a serious crisis because of anxiety and depression. And we don't, we just keep talking about social media, but we don't even talk about YouTube, right? That's also a social media platform where they can just digest stuff all day, all yeah. night. Yeah. Let me go back to the phone lines. Uh, Erica calling from Oxon Hill. Erica, thanks for call- calling. What's on your mind? Um, I just wanted to say, um, your previous caller, Gia, please check your daughter's phone. My daughter is 11 going on 12, and we let her know that she has no privacy. And because of that, um, things that we did find out going through her phone, um, and I had parental controls on there, but these kids are savvy and find ways to get around it. And they had a little private chat going on to the point where they was get ready to get a new girl at school jump another new girl at the school and not knowing. So we had to involve the school once we went through this, this private chat. And things that went on, her friends had notified me about something she did. And so that's how we found out. But when we took her phone, we couldn't find it because it was some private chat they had going on. And a lot of girls that ended up missing. And because of conversations they having with people who they think are their age and they're not. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Um, that scares me. And so we've taken our daughter's phone and we only give it to her for emergencies or when she's away from us, but she definitely needs to check her daughter's phone because she don't know who she's talking to. And that's important because a young girl is missing now and I don't want to see that happen with these young girls. And that's what's happening. Because they're talking to these people, they'll meet them 
and then we as parents don't know who they've been talking to. Yeah, uh, I think that's I think that's great, great advice. Thank you so much, uh, Erica. I only have a few minutes left. I, I wanted to ask all of you, you know, some some final thoughts, Beverly. Your your final thoughts on on this issue, girls and social media. You know, we talk about. She just brought up um, trafficking. You know, with the young girls, that was a huge thing. One of the things that came out was the importance of parents parenting and um, being aware of what your child is doing. You know, especially the minors, um, it, it should be no reason why our youth um, don't have someone that is uh, aware of who they're talking to or who they're communicating with on a consistent basis on their phone. So, you know, um, just want to let the parents know that it's okay um, to have these conversations with your youth and to make sure that they know that you're coming from a place of uh, understanding, but at, at the same time, help me understand where you're at. Like you said, make it a conversation piece, mm -hmm. you know, so we're, we're on the same page and we can meet each other somewhere so we can know that, okay, you can check my phone because I'm not doing anything. I think that's really important. So I'm, I'm really grateful for the caller calling in and being honest and speaking out about that. So. Mm -hmm. Latasha, final word from you. Sure. Um, I think really just focusing on self-esteem and awareness with your kids to kind of combat the anxiety and depression that will come because they're not going to stop using social media. So you just want to really kind of help them navigate social media in itself to combat what's going, you know, what's going to come for them, anxiety and depression. The book, Be You No Filter, has a lot of exercises in it that the parent and child can kind of talk about together and have a dialogue and kind of work through the pitfalls of uh, social media. Cadence, I'll let you have the last 30 seconds. Okay. Well, kind of my experience with social media, well, it, touching more on the foundation and the, you know, balance of communication between child and parent, because I feel like everybody says you need to have communication, but they don't say what to say. So it starts from a young age. Like, it starts like, how are you doing? Well, how was your day? What did you do at school? Who did you talk, like, who did you talk to? How was your friend? Then they get into the habit of telling you things. And then when you ask, they don't have a problem telling you. Like, with my parents, they told, they, they asked me how my day was, but they also told me that I was smart, that I was beautiful. Like, when you get the attention from your parents, you don't search for the attention somewhere else. Because, like, like she said, teens are smart. They're going to get it from somewhere else, regardless if you uh, monitor them or not. Mm. I want to meet your parents. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. Beverly Smith, Latasha Blackman, and Cadence Johnson, thank you all for sharing this thank really you. important conversation. I appreciate your time. You. That is The Daily Drum for this Tuesday, October 24th. I'm Harold Fisher. Good night.